Welcome to Wannabe Clutter Free, formerly Wannabe Minimalist, the podcast for busy families who are tired of the chaos, fed up with being overwhelmed, and ready to enjoy life again. Each week, we talk about how to let go of the clutter so that you can focus on the things that actually matter. And it's not just physical clutter. We talk about the mental and emotional stuff too, because if it's holding you back, it's time to ditch it. I share what I've done in my own life to declutter, organize, and calm the chaos, but you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests too. It's practical, doable, and simple for those of us that want to be clutter-free. This is the Wannabe Minimalist Show with Deanna Yates, episode number 31. On today's episode, we are talking with a busy mama who figured out how to help her children by forming positive habits. You are in for a treat, and she even has a free goodie for you, so be sure to stay to the end for that. I know it will help you and your family as much as it has helped me. Hey there, welcome back to the show. As always, I'm your host, Deanna Yates. In today's episode, we are chatting with Hannah Bilal from the blog Mending with Gold, and it's another eye-opening conversation. Henna is a millennial stay-at-home mom of two small kiddos and a military wife. On her blog, she shares fun educational ideas plus resources for kids as well as smart parenting tips for raising kids. There are some amazing nuggets of information that you will be able to take action on immediately in today's show. Not only does Henna show you how the right habits have changed her life, she also shows us how she is creating the right habits for her children and, of course, how you can too. The best part is that when you know the right thing to focus on and how to keep it fun for everyone, it's not even a struggle. On top of that, your kids will start to do these things automatically. It's a win-win for everyone. All right, now let's get to chatting with Henna. I'm so excited to introduce you to Henna today. She is coming to us all the way from Pakistan and on the other side of the world. So I am just so excited to have her on the podcast. Hello, everybody. Thank you, Deanna. Thank you for having me here. Super excited. (laughs) Yay, it's going to be awesome. So why don't you tell me a little bit about yourself? And you have a very interesting product, and I think a very interesting story. So why don't you tell me a little bit more about you and what you find most interesting about either minimalism or living intentionally. Okay, so as a naturally type B person, as somebody very pre-spirited, you know, the fly by the seat of my pants kind of person, when I entered mom life and particularly motherhood, it didn't take me very long to realize that I was completely out of whack. I was a yes mom, you know, no boundaries, no routines, no rules, no consequences. And as a result, no skills and no lessons learned. And I thought all the things that I just mentioned, it was so hard when I was already scrambling to keep my kids alive. When I saw my son and how he was struggling with learning life skills, with discipline, with uh, anxiety and related similar issues, that's when I realized that something had to change. The beautiful thing that I learned on this journey of intentional living And I'm sure I could never understand that if I hadn't taken the first step towards change, that it is the organizing part, it is living the organized life that is the easier thing. In fact, the difficult thing is controlling tantrums, uh, having no boundaries, arguing and convincing your children or petty things like brushing your teeth, their teeth every day. These are the kind of, these are the things that are harder than actually taking the time to discipline them in the first place. 
So I began studying about how to simplify life with kids. And the thing that kept repeating itself was have a routine, have a routine, make routines with your kids. This is the simplest way to have an easy life at home with kids. Now, a routine feels so stifling for a person like me. Honestly, I don't feel like I have the energy to do all those things that go in a routine like a robot. So I started super small. Do I make sense? Yes, absolutely. So I started super small because I couldn't follow big routines. So I started making really small mini routines across the day. And I'm going to give you examples. We would use songs and pictures to help my son remember those mini routines. And I'm going to give you an example in my own language, but it has English words, so I hope you can understand. So after brushing and washing his face, my son and I would sing uh, in our own language this song. First, towel lete hai, then cream lagate hai, then dress up hote hai, then hair brush karte hai. And I can tell you, my son sang this uh, song even today in the bathroom. <laughs> it was so easy oh, and it, so took, it, it took way less time and energy to teach him this compared to you know, arguing with him over these things every day. Yeah, you make a point there that arguing, because yes, that is the stuff that just grates on me too. The having that conversation over and over about having to remind them and tell them every step. And, you know, there are still times when I feel now my daughter is six. And how old is your son? My uh, my son is six too. <laughs> ah, yes. So there's still times where I'm like, you know, we have done this every day for six years. You should know what comes next. And yet... Th- that song sounds brilliant. And you have a, I, w- I want to get to a point where you have this really lovely blog. And honestly, if people have not seen your blog, your drawings are so cute. And you discuss this idea of productivity and you've kind of mentioned it already where the success is coming from tracking those really small habits every day. So tell us a little bit more about that song. Um, I'm assuming it's a get ready song. It sounded like it was getting ready either for the morning or for bed. <laughs> yes, the song is about, uh, I'm going to translate it literally okay. for you. So after he's done with his uh, bathroom routine in the morning, then I have to tell him that first he has to take his towel, then he has to put on lotion, then he has to change his clothes, dress up, and in the end, he has to brush his hair. Towel lete hai, then cream lagate hai. Then dress up hote hai, then hair brush karte hai. <laughs> he can sing it easily. He can That's remember so it now. I love it. I if I could just get my daughter to brush her hair. <laughs> uh, I think if you make it, if you try to make it fun for them, and then we have fun along the way. Uh, if you're trying to show them it's so stressful and we don't like it, then uh, they're gonna replicate it. They're not gonna like it. Uh, yeah. They're also not going to enjoy it. Absolutely. So, you know, teaching them habits and routines, it's so much like launching a rocket. You have to use maximum potential in the launch phase. Just like a rocket launches, that's the time when most of the fuel is being used. That's, that's the time when you're starting a new habit. That is the time when you're using most of your brain energy and your physical energy. Once, just like the rocket, as it leaves the comfort zone, and it enters into the orbit, 
then it shuts down its engines and it's working, it's moving in an orbit, it's automatic, it's rotating and it's automated. And just like that, once you come up out of the old comfort zone and it becomes automated, it is so repeated that it becomes a habit, then you don't have to use so much of your brain energy or your physical energy. And it's, uh, it's really easy. Oh, that's such a good analogy. I haven't thought of it like that. But you're right. You put in the effort in the beginning, and then it just it pays dividends over time. And we've done a lot of that, but I have never heard of it referred to in that way. So that's really interesting. <laughs> so, okay, so we've got the idea of having these small habits. How do you track them every day what's a what's a good way to make sure that you are staying on top of these habits because that is something that I have struggled with is knowing what I want to do but then following through and doing that habit and tracking it every day so how do you recommend we do that hey there I'm Debbie Reber the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book Differently Wired the mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, You are not alone, and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. Hello, you sentient ball of stardust. My name is Casey Davis. I'm a therapist, and I'm an author of the book, How to Keep House While Drowning, where I talk about ways to make it a little bit easier to take care of yourself when you're overwhelmed, stressed, have mental health issues, physical health issues, or maybe you're just in a hard season of life. Maybe you're looking for a place that you can come and listen to some practical advice. This is a podcast for all of the self-help rejects. We're going to talk about skills for survival and self-kindness. And I'm going to leave the pop psychology at the door. I promise not to tell you to meditate or to journal. We're just going to give you some really insightful conversations with hopefully some practical advice. So I don't believe you need to pick yourself up by the bootstraps. I don't want you to just try harder, and I don't believe that laziness exists. So join me over on Struggle Care, where we can find compassionate solutions that help us function a little bit better. So I'm going to tell you a little bit more about how we are dealing with habits and what kind of habits we are tracking and how we are doing it. We have been uh, working on building habits for a while now so that they can become automatic and they don't use a lot of our brain bandwidth and we don't have to argue or procrastinate and waste our energy over all the things. Tracking habits is only one part, one way of building habits. Our main focus is building the habit and tracking habit is one of the many effective ways of helping our kids build a habit. You don't have to track a habit, but we do it because science proves that that it is one of the most effective ways for keeping yourself on track 
so you don't slip off track and for staying motivated, especially in the beginning phase of behavior change. I want to talk about what kind of habits we track. It's not any random habit that we would track because honestly, who has time for that? I mean, as a mother, I don't have time for tracking really small habits, even if they're good. So there's a particular concept that we have integrated into our habit tracking, and that is of tracking keystone habits. And just like in an architecture, we have a keystone that helps hold the rest of the stones together. So a keystone habit is one that holds many other areas of your life together. So it's not just uh, one and done. It spills over other areas of your life and it has a ripple effect. Oh, that makes sense. I love that idea of, right, you focus on the one thing that will make everything else easier for the day that, and make everything run better. Yes, I'm going to give you an example. I'm going to give you an example of a keystone habit. So for me, it recently in the past, it was tracking my exercise was a keystone habit. And it was not a one and done thing. When I was tracking, getting on the treadmill every day, I was also automatically becoming conscious of what I was eating. It was not just about getting on the treadmill. In effect, it was also affecting my eating habits because nobody gets off a treadmill and picks up a donut. It's so automatic. They're not going to throw away all their effort. <laughs> Good point. It's true. <laughs> One habit is improving another area of your life. So my getting on the treadmill habit was affecting my eating habits. And my eating habits, in effect, they were changing my weight. And once I was losing weight, I was dressing up better. You see where it's going? Mm-hmm. I'm doing exercise, which is keeping me healthier. And then it's making me eat healthier. And then it's making me dress up healthier. And when I'm dressing up better, then it's affecting my social interactions. So this one, one habit is spilling over into other areas of life and improving them also. So if I compare this keystone habit with another good habit, but it's a one and done thing, that would be like brushing my hair every day. Like mothers don't have time. But if I start tracking, uh, brushing my hair, I mean, honestly, I don't have, it's such a small habit. I don't have time for that. And it's not something that would have, you know, a domino effect right? Um, compared to a keystone habit. So these are the kind of habits. Keystone habits are the ones that we prefer tra- putting on, the, on our tracker and um, tracking those. Huh. So, and we definitely have keystone habits for children also that can help them structure their days better. So we've talked about how awesome these keystone habits are. And, you know, we've talked about them kind of from our perspective as adults. But you, in fact, have the cutest calendars on your website for kids. So what are some of the habits that you've helped your son create, you know, with these calendars? One of my three goals for this year was to teach my son how to read. And this is what we have been recently tracking every day. I know reading is a keystone habit. It has been a keystone habit for me because English as language has changed my life. It has changed my career. I mean, of course, I'm here talking to you because of the fact that I uh, learned this language uh, really early on. And I want my son to learn this language. I know it's going to help him in so many ways in his academics and other areas of his life. So this was one of my three goals for the year. And I wanted him to learn to read. So we started tracking reading activities every day. We do our reading activity for the day in the morning. 
And now my son, he doesn't even wait for me to go and put a cross on the calendar the way, uh, the way we use to track our habits. He simply finishes the activity and runs to, <laughs> to go and cross off today, the date for the day, for today. It fills me with so much joy seeing him take so much interest in his long habit chain that he has been building over time. And last year, we tracked a month of uh, acts of kindness using shiny stars that we would put on the calendar every day. And uh, then we were also tracking, when we started taking our studies seriously, we were also tracking doing his daily work on the calendar, that if he has done his work for the day or not. We also used it as a countdown, <laughs> especially when we were welcoming our baby. And uh, we also use it as a countdown for birthdays. And apart from tracking, my husband and I, we have used, because we don't have one calendar on the wall. We started with, with one, but then my start, husband started putting his notes on our calendar. So we needed, we, I said, okay, so now we want more than one calendar uh, in our home. And then we've got another calendar. That one is the one where me and my husband, we share important dates, appointments, and meetings, and such events. Oh, that's so, brilliant. So it, it, it's funny because it kind of spills over, right? Like you were talking about how your husband wanted the visual too. So he even started using <laughs> the calendar yeah. because it is such a strong visual to be able to see things because you can get it out of your head onto paper and it just is so much easier to stay organized, to know what you need to do and to stay focused because like you said, so much, there's so much going on in our daily lives that it is very easy to lose track of that one thing we need to do that day to really move our goals forward. And it allows you to start earlier probably in the day, right? I mean, yeah. so why else do you think those calendars work so well? Okay, we use calendars not necessarily because of a bias against other management tools, but I think a calendar is the simplest, it's the most commonly used, yeah. and literally, it's a universally approved organization tool, and I will explain how. I mean, look at the universe. It organizes all its rotation yeah. and all its activity that it does, the Earth's uh, movement and the moon's movement. They all have a calendar that they follow. It's not just like in, like in the form of a principle that we use, but it's a calendar yeah. that they follow how farmers and how, how all the crops are grown. They're following a calendar when they have to sow the crops yeah. and the seasons. Those are all the same thing. They're all following a calendar. The re religions and cultures, how they celebrate events. I mean, all of this uh, is happening through a calendar and the sense of time that we have, that, that we have through a calendar. Uh, calendars is such a powerful tool in giving us a clear, larger picture of the time that we have. And when we go the extra mile and use them for tracking progress, then a calendar can quickly give you a glimpse of the trajectory, be it upward or downward. You know all the gaps that you are leaving or you know mm -hmm. the perfect trajectory that you are creating. And you can see all of that at a glimpse. And this is why this year I made not one, but 30 different designs for children with different likings so that they actually enjoy using their calendar. Oh, it's so, so cute. All you have to do is explain 
what you and they will do together using a keystone habit and then demonstrate how you will be using a calendar and making that habit stick. Gosh, I never even really thought about all of the calendars that are in our natural environment that we just don't realize or even think about. That's a fantastic point. And we do, we all use some system, whether we write it down or not. So what would you say to that mama who says that their children will never follow a routine, they'll never be on board with this? What do you think? um, Or what would you say to your friend or someone that says that to you? Oh, hey, everybody. It's us, Blair and Molly, your old pals from Toddler Purgatory, two moms who are also actors, who are also creative beings, who sometimes feel stuck. And now we're back with a whole new podcast about unsticking it, launching in January. What happens when life gets in the way of our creativity instead of nourishing it? We talk to all sorts of guests about how to break through the mucky, gluey, sticky, wall that can get between you and your creativity. We hear about their journeys, their successes, their challenges, and even their bougie coffee shop orders. So join us, won't you, as we deep dive into how to unstick ourselves from the life gunk that can get in the way of our creative freedom. Get out of there, life gunk. Let us help you get back to your best creative self. Look for Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. Wherever you listen to podcasts starting in January, Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. Because sometimes life sucks. When it comes to raising kids, there's so much to consider. Things like, what do we feed them? When do we feed them? How do they sleep? What does it look like to raise kind kids? How does their nervous system work? How do I keep myself calm? What are my triggers? There's so much that comes into play, and we are distilling all of that information for you at Voices of Your Village podcast, where we bring experts in the field of early childhood and education and psychology and across the board so that you don't have to comb the internet for information. You get to show up and hang out and have shame-free, judgment-free conversations and insights into what it looks like to raise kind, empathetic, emotionally intelligent humans. I'm Alyssa Blask Campbell. I have a master's degree in early childhood education. I'm a mom of two, and I am walking this journey right alongside you doing this work. Come hang out with me at Voices of Your Village, and we can dive into real conversations with actionable tips. I know because I've been there. (laughs) So (laughs) a routine is a set of habits that are done together one after another. And let me tell you, everyone has habits. I mean, they could be good and or they could be bad because research says that 40% of our daily actions are automated habits. So if you can have habits, you can have routines. What that mama actually means, she may mean that Her kids will never be a slave to the clock. And I think that's okay. Uh, Just start with one easy keystone habit. Let them wreak havoc for the rest of the day. I find that it's so contagious. I mean, having one keystone habit and the confidence that the, the children start building because of that one keystone habit and the good feelings, being organized, feeling peaceful, all those things are so contagious that you can keep adding once they have mastered one habit, you can keep adding on and on. And you can continue adding more habits and in no time you'll have a routine. I mean, I want to give you a hint for where they should start from. If a mom is struggling with routines with her children, so make them wake up every day at the same time. Make this their keystone habit. 
I mean, it's so automatic. If he has a fixed wake-up time for all the children, this is the only thing she has to focus on. And once this is put into place, their sleep time and then their wrap-up time before the sleep time, everything is going to start falling into place over time. I mean, the only thing they need to focus on to begin with is set wake-up time. So just like that, once they have mastered their sleep timing as their keystone habit, then they can move on to their eating timing. So having a fixed eating time. And uh, once they have mastered their eating timing, uh, these are the four major areas, mastering their sleep timing, their eat timing, their play time, and their study time. And once they master this one by one as a habit, they're going to come up with a routine of their own. It's not a lot of work when they start with one activity uh, at a time and continue, keep moving to the next one while having the first one in place, they're going to have a routine very soon. One thing I love so much about what you said was starting with the wake-up time and not with the bedtime. So many people, I think, start with the bedtime, and yet that feels very difficult. And so I think we put up a block against us and we say, my children will never go to bed. And it's this big struggle. They get up, they do this whole thing. But if you start with a wake up time and you wake them up maybe earlier, if they are going to bed later than you'd like, and you wake them up a little bit earlier when they should be getting up, then they will naturally be sleepier earlier yeah. in the day. Or you limit the nap time depending on you know where you are in your season of motherhood. But that's such a good idea to start with the cause of why somebody would be sleepy instead of the really the effect that you want which is the earlier bedtime yeah because if you start with the bedtime I mean uh, even that's a good habit of course but uh, when you're starting from ground zero they're gonna give you a more tough time because uh, they're not they won't be tired yet and I think waking up there are so many ways to wake them up to give them a surprise maybe even a bribe like chocolate or anything you can it's easier to wake them up for a day uh, and then they're automatically going to want to because they have missed a part of their sleep eventually start falling back into more disciplined sleep and wake up cycle oh so brilliant such a good idea one last question before we kind of start wrapping up what if you were starting your minimalism or intentional living journey um, over again today what would be one of the first things you would do? After I have suffered all the things that I have gone through and after I have studied all the things that I have studied and learned, I would do what I'm actually doing now. I would focus on building good habits one at a time. Mm. Yeah, that's smart. I do think a lot of us get these moments where we get so frustrated or we're so tired or something's going on that we just want to change everything at once. We want it all fixed and we want it fixed yesterday. And so we all try to take on more. You know, I think I have suffered from that where I've tried to do way too much at once and then I totally fail and I feel terrible about it. But you're right. If we just picked one thing to make better at a time and it really would build on itself so very yeah. smart. <laughs> and that is one of the reasons why some people who are not not naturally organized 
that is why they don't like routines because it's so many things in a if, if you write down your routine you would see it's a long to-do list and that's not easy to do so that is why because i'm myself i'm not a very organized person naturally so this is where i would start starting with one habit until it becomes so automatic that i can stop thinking about it and put my active brain energy into the next thing ah good points good points so and i know everybody is going to want to find you and these adorable calendars that i keep talking about so where can they find you where are you on the internet these days <laughs> i blog over at uh, mendingwithgold.com mending with gold and uh, if you want to get in touch with me then right now i am most actively engaged with my email subscribers as well as um, uh i we just recently created a make a habit challenge group on facebook where we hold 10 day habit challenges every month your readers i would love for them to join me in the next round on facebook <laughs> yeah that'd be great so we'll make sure that all the links for all of this are in the show notes as well so people will be able to find you on your website and they'll be able to join that facebook group and then you also have a free calendar on your website am i correct with that yeah yes absolutely and they like i said they're adorable so make sure you check them out okay and then i love to end each interview with three rapid fire questions The first one is what has been your favorite simple pleasure this week? It was putting on a winged eyeliner, you know, like this. Ooh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> really it, it used to make me feel so fancy. I did it four times this week and it made me feel super fancy, super glamorous and I mean, uh, so not boring. <laughs> I love it. Oh, that's great. I had my daughter do my makeup before the podcast today, so I'm a little extra sparkly. <laughs> Question number 2 is what is the best advice about minimalism or habits that you've ever received? The best advice that I received about habits was that habits have a compounding effect, meaning they don't add up, they multiply. Just like they say that you reap more than you sow. you sow a habit and you reach a destiny this is what i want all of us to do with our habits pick up simple keystone habits that can help us keep our focus but in effect they spill over more than one areas of our of our life and this is how i want things for all of us to be and this is how i want all of us to put our life together Oh, I love that. That is such great advice. I love the the point that you make though about habits being, you know, compounding. It's not you just do one and then that little area of your life gets better and you do another one and then that little area of your life gets better or you know, if if you're making a point of making these big habits stick, they will transform your life over time and before you know it, you have 30 days under your belt and things are starting to change and it becomes easier and easier every single day. It's brilliant. It's uh, it's not possible for us to be organized in one area of life and not have the same influence in other areas. It's so natural that the positive vibe that we are going to create, the confidence, the integrity we're going to acquire from building one habit it's definitely going to influence our other areas of life too. Yeah, true. So our third question is what is making you happy right now or in this season of life? 
the world is a little crazy right now. Um, we are filming or we're recording this during coronavirus. So is there anything that you are able to find joy in or that's bringing you happiness now that things are a little different? So every time I, I'm about to flip into boredom and, uh, you know, complaining about, oh, my God, what, why am I stuck? And particularly because I live alone with my kids uh, because our hus- my husband is gone and it's just me and two small kids at home. It gets super boring being locked down. So every time that feeling starts to emerge, I quickly remind myself that this is the only time I'm getting to stay with my son. And right after the lockdown opens, he's going to go to school. He's never going to be my baby again, who was staying close to me, spending the whole day with me. And uh, he's going to start school. So every day, every time I think about this, uh, I want to play with him some more. I want to spend some time with him. And it becomes easier. Honestly, this is making me happy. And seeing all the small habits that we are working on together, uh, using this time, it, it is making me feels so good particularly the reading habit that that I mentioned before honestly this is the best thing that has come out of our lockdown (laughs) oh that's so sweet and it's a good point and you had mentioned earlier uh, that your husband is in the military and I can imagine that that is difficult because you've got the reality of him being gone the thoughts of him being in the military and wondering what he's going through on a daily basis. And then you at home dealing with so much more than you are used to. And so my hat's off to you. And I appreciate so much that you have such a positive spirit about it and about yourself. It has just been a joy speaking with you today, Hannah. So thank Thank you so much for joining me on the Wanna Be Minimalist show. Thank you for having me. It was so much fun. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Of course. All right. Bye-bye. Wow, what a great episode. Henna's advice around keystone habits is spot on. It is amazing how creating one small habit really can change our whole lives, especially when that small change is like a domino that affects the other areas of our life too. I love what she said about not tracking the little stuff that doesn't make a difference. I mean, as a busy family, who has time for that? Now imagine what this can do, not just for you, but for your kids too. I can't wait to hear how you implement this and if your children love tracking their habits as much as our children do. And that just about wraps it up for this episode of the Wannabe Minimalist Show. Thank you again for joining me today. And if you liked what you heard, I would be absolutely delighted if you would leave a review on iTunes so other families can find us too. And while you're there, please take a second to subscribe to be notified of new episodes. And finally, be sure to join me again next week when I'll be talking about gifts for my child as a minimalist. I'm pretty sure you'll be surprised at my stance on the matter. See you again next week. Hello, you sentient ball of stardust. My name is Casey Davis. I'm a therapist and I'm an author of the book, How to Keep House While Drowning, where I talk about ways to make it a little bit easier to take care of yourself when you're overwhelmed, stressed, have mental health issues, physical health issues, or maybe you're just in a hard season of life. Maybe you're looking for a place that you can come and listen to some practical advice. This is a podcast for all of the self-help rejects. We're going to talk about skills for survival and self-kindness. And I'm going to leave the pop psychology at the door. I promise not to tell you to meditate or to journal. We're just going to give you some really insightful conversations with hopefully some practical advice. So I don't believe you need to pick yourself up by the bootstraps. I don't want you to just try harder. And I don't believe that laziness exists. So join me over on Struggle Care, 
where we can find compassionate solutions that help us function a little bit better.